Before we, before we get started, did anybody read about the Pelicano, the ship, the Pelicano? Isn't that an interesting little story? We'll talk about that and how that applies to us. Welcome back. No, she's in. Thank you. She's in there. Going again, though, aren't you, pretty soon? I'm going here, what, two weeks, three weeks? Okay. okay. How many have a, a different version? Anybody have an English Standard Version? Okay, Peggy, in a little bit, read uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. Who has a new King James? Mike, read that when we get to it. Who has maybe a new American Standard? Anybody? I study. Okay, Rebecca, read that one. First Corinthians thirteen five the second. I want to hear the difference. What verse was it? Thirteen and verse five. Thirteen and verse five. Uh, you might have a. Did I say English standard? Yeah, she's got. I did. Okay. Is there another one? NIV. Anybody got a different version? Okay. See what the NIV says. Thirteen verse five. Just be curious here in a couple minutes. <coughs> Right. Thank you for coming this evening. We're on page 24. 24, lesson number 8. Lesson number 8. And I think we'll... Um, well, here, here's the New King James. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Okay, so thinks no evil. And Peggy, what does the English Standard Version say? It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Okay. Um, Rebecca, which one did you have? No American Standard. Okay. Does not act unbecomingly. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. That's really close to what it literally means. Um, NIV. Says it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Keeps no record of wrongs. Okay. <coughs> Very good. See what that says. Uh, doth not not act unseemly. Doth not seek its own things. Is not provoked. Doth not impute evil. Okay. Okay. Um, when you, when you see the so the term the the phrase thinks no evil, you go well. Um, Here's what that literally meant in the Greek. And you, you can read as well as I, but uh, I think it's worth talking about. Does not keep books or an account ledger of evil. Now there's a couple of accountants at one time in our lives in here. We, we, we've done a few uh, ledgers, hadn't we, Craig? <laughs> Particularly you, more than me. Uh, keep books. What do you think when you think of... Uh, someone who might keep books or keep an account. Uh, they used to have, uh, a long time ago, now they call it, call it a T, a T account. Left and right, debit and credit. And in accounting, the left side always balances with the right side. If it does not, you better go find it. So 
it says keeps keeps no record. What does that imply about relationships with one another when uh, keeps records, keeps a ledger, keeps an accounting? I'm watching you, Bruce, and I'm I got a little book back here, and I'm writing it all down. What what what, is, what do you think? Not to remember like bad things that people have done with to you in the past versus the good thing that good things that they've done. Just not, um, uh, not bringing up old stuff, I guess. Okay. That, that they've done to you in the past. Okay, that, that's really good. Now, this is not in your notes. Oh, go, Rebecca. It's also not tit for tat. You're talking about debits and credits. It's not a, well, he did this to me, so I'm going to do this to him sort of situation. Or he or she did that to me, and, oh, i got it written down. If not literally, I've got it written down back here. Now, this is not your notes, but you may want to write this down. Um, Janelle, which one did you have? Psalms? 103, verse 10. Psalms 103 and verse 10. This goes really well with that. Speak real loud, Janelle. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. What does that say about God and our sins? He, he didn't give us what we deserve. He didn't keep an account. He, he balanced the ledger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this ledger was like this. In Accounting 101, you would go, you may not want to take 102. <laughs> if you're this far off, you got you got big problems. You might want to take up history or something. The Lord balanced it with, with, with His blood. All right. Uh, then Psalms... Um, 130 and verse 3. 130 and verse 3. This, these, these are awfully good verses. I should have put it in the notes, but I did not. Bronca? If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? If the Lord kept track of our iniquities, who could stand? Rhetorical question. What's the answer? We had, we had no chance. We got. So you're saying there's a chance. In this case, there's zero chance if the Lord kept books on us, kept a ledger on us. We have no chance. Now, agape love says that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. I was looking. I don't. I've never seen myself on video until I wanted to see it. Now, I've noticed I, I go to my glasses repeatedly. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> so, I'm trying to stop. <laughs> That's funny how little habits you get, uh, Chad. We use the same uh, image in, just in English. We say, hold somebody accountable. You know? It's like, I hold you accountable for that. You're responsible for it. I'm going to account to you for that. He doesn't hold us accountable, and we're not supposed to hold people accountable for that. In, in this way. In, in this way. Now, we're all held accountable, aren't we? Um, and only Jesus' blood makes the books balance. And the only way to contact His blood is through baptism. That's what Romans 6 says. It's very clear. Okay. Um, we were talking about the ship the Pelicano. And you, you might have looked at this and you thought, well, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? I'll, 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 we'll get to that. <clears throat> uh, 
few of you that read about the Pelicano, tell me something about it, and then I'll try to fill in the blanks about the ship. It's 466 feet long. It was the most unwanted ship. It was filled with 100... Uh, um, 15,000 tons. Uh, 15,000 tons of garbage. Now you can, okay, 2,000, 30 million pounds, whatever that be, of garbage. Now where did that garbage come from? Did you remember? 1986 in Philadelphia, they had a garbage man strike. So you can imagine the streets are filling up. So like good Americans, we're going to see if we can't make a buck off of this. So they back up the ship. And they load up this uh, um, uh, 15,000 tons of garbage. And they said there was arsenic and there was all kinds of toxic stuff in that. And they loaded this ship up. But first of all, they burnt it. So they loaded up 15,000 tons of ash. So it was a whole lot more than that uh, as far as quantity. And they just, you know, burnt it down to 15,000 tons of ash. And they thought, well, we'll dump this somewhere. How did that saga go? Not well. Nobody wanted it. It went to country after country after country. Haiti finally took some of it. They said it was fertilizer. So they dropped 5,000 tons in Haiti for fertilizer. Now, they had to go back 20 years later and... Uh, and Somebody did and clean all that up, and it cost $50,000, but they found that that was not fertilizer, and it laid on those beaches in Haiti for 15 years. Um, no one wanted it. Why, why did they not want it? Toxic. Toxic. Stinky garbage trash. No one wanted it. In fact, I've read different stories. One said that Go again. Uh, that uh, <clears throat> that it was two years later, and they uh, one country agreed to take some, and then they dumped it in the Indian Ocean. But then I read a, a two more accounts that said as late as the year 2000, 2001, So that'd be what 15 years later. It was still it changed its names three times. So they're not going to take the first name, so let's change it to another one. They won't know what it is. And finally, the third name was Pelicano. So it was filled with trash, refuge that no one wanted. Um, anybody else come up with any other details? In other words, file that, move that to the side just a little bit. We're going to come back to that. The Pelicano. Really interesting story. Um, made the comment there under number three. Trash-filled ships find few friends. <laughs> what? what? What does that mean from your perspective? Trash-filled ships find few friends. Bruce? If we have old garbage that we have in our lives that we don't get rid of, we aren't going to have very many friends. That's true. I said to write a parable in your own words, just a short parable. Um, what, what did anybody come up with there? It can be just a simple statement, a sentence or two. What, what, do you, what did you come up with? 
I'll give you help. I said, friends don't offer dock space to trash-filled hearts. They don't. We're going to get to some more of this in a little bit. Now, can you relate? Remember, we're not keeping account. If we were the Pelicano with God, and we searched and we sailed the seas, so to speak, the proverbial seas, and no one warned us except God. Can you relate at times to the Pelican? <clears throat> Can you personally? And if so, how? What kind of trash or garbage can build up in our lives? Resentment. Resentment. There's things that build up over time. Pride and things that... You can't let go of. It builds up over time, doesn't it? In a lot of these cases. It's ugly. And it's ugly. It's ugly. Is it smelly? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It affects everybody around. It affects everybody around you. To the point where, what? They don't want to be around you. They don't want to be around you anymore. They don't. We can gripe, we whine. Anybody whine besides me? <laughs> Yes, we all do at times. Do we have unrealistic expectations of one another? No, not of ourselves. <laughs> Often. But do we have unrealistic expectations of others? We do. We do. Guilt. Pessimism. We're filling the, the hearts, our Pelicano hearts up with this, this junk. And it's smelly and it's offensive to others, Rebecca. Uh, I really like this thread you're going on. And a great verse to go along with it is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Uh, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. There you if go. you're filled up with garbage, you are not useful to the master of the house, and you are not ready for every good work. That's right. Austin. And to kind of parallel that, I was thinking of uh, the cup where you wash the outside but the inside's still dirty. Right. Changing the name might have sounded like a good idea, but it was very superficial. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't fool anybody. Uh, you could probably create a little, you know, parable out of that. But it's uh, in order to change, you have to do more than just change the name, so to speak, or, or superficial efforts. Yep, that's absolutely true. <clears throat> Does life, it's almost a rhetorical question, does life, let's think it, let's face it, it beats us down sometimes. Um, does life have a way of unloading its rubbish on our decks? Doesn't it? Sometimes? It does. What does the book of Philippians say about if there's any virtue in all of those? Well, think, meditate on these things, the good things, the good things. Um, I'm just going to bring that in now, but I don't see it. We'll get to it. Um, today, let's see, today's thoughts, I won't have it. Our tomorrow's acts. Our tomorrow's acts. Today's bigotry, our tomorrow's hate crimes. 
Today's anger is tomorrow's abuse. Today's lust is tomorrow's adultery. Today's greed is tomorrow's embezzlement. Today's fear is tomorrow's reality. That was Mike Benson. That's what I read on the. Oh, you, you got it. Same I thing. did. And that's where I was <laughs> I going. I bet you. I, I was thinking. I bet you mentioned because a lot of these things were this was on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, under some of those Pelicano links. Yes. But, but that's true. Today's thoughts can mm -hmm. become tomorrow's actions. And then all the other things that Margie said. <laughs> Turn to page 25. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Someone want to read that? I've got it sort of written down here. But notice the battlefield, battlefield war terminology here. We are in a battle. We are at, at war with Satan with, with our thoughts and our actions. Uh, someone read that and tell me what version you're reading. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay. And then the one that I've got written down here says, We capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. That's mil those are military terms. We capture every thought. We make it surrender, if you will. Uh, and then we obey Christ. You see the importance of what we think. Uh, what, what was that? It used to uh, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. Do you think that's true? It absolutely is. It is. Garbage in, garbage out. There was another little saying there in that thing I read. It says, hold it right there. You're not allowed in my mind. We're going to, things are going to cross our mind, aren't they? Yes, sure. And what was that again? Hold, don't hold, hold it, it right there. You're not allowed in my mind. Stop. You have to stop the thought and not dwell on it. <clears throat> I had a friend of mine back home that always used to say the the world is is okay with letting people think about just what's on the menu. Let me just see what what's out there. But the problem with that is, eventually you keep looking at the menu and you start to get hungry. And then after you get hungry, you know you're gonna you're gonna order something. I like that. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Uh, the old play with fire. Don't play with fire lest you get burned. All those things are absolutely true. Um, and on page 25, number 4, uh, sub A, sometimes we just have to find another boat and leave the Pelicano at the dock. And that's what Rebecca was saying. We have to f leave that stuff behind, but we've got to fill it with something. You know, it's a law of empty spaces. Unless you, you say, well, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Well, that's fine. But you better have some things that you are going to be doing um, otherwise, that'll be filled up, and eventually, Satan can beat you down. Matthew 16. Someone turn to Matthew 16, verses 22 and 23, if you haven't read yet, and read, uh, read those verses. Now, here's Jesus himself, and here's some of that negativity coming in, and we'll see how Jesus handled that. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, 
Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus wasn't going to listen to that. He wasn't. And that's pretty, pretty abrasive uh, tone there, words there. Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. Um, and sometimes, you know, we just, we just have to leave that behind us. And if people are an offense to us and they make us do and think and say things that we shouldn't, then it's time <clears throat> to wave that pelicano by at the dock. You leave them at the dock. And, and, and you keep moving. Someone turn to Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Read that one more time. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. What does the word vigilant mean? Keep, keep your heart, what? Be what? Diligent. Diligent. Watchful. Watchful. Ready. Ready. Satan knows all of our weaknesses. And when do you think he's going to hit us? More than likely. Oh, At church on Sunday while we're taking the Lord's Supper? Well, he might, but probably not. When's he going to do that? When you're weak Tuesday. <laughs> probably Tuesday. Yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. Or Saturday night. Or, yeah. T times like that. He knows when you're at your most vulnerable. And you have to be vigilant. He's, he's a what? He's, he's a lion, a roaring lion on the prowl. We saw lions in South Africa last year, and they'll crouch and they'll watch and they'll wait, but they're, they're just waiting to what? They're waiting to spring on prey. Well, that's Satan. That's a picture of Satan. It really is. So be careful. Um, <coughs> question. It's something we'll all have to answer. Am I going to keep track of, am I going to keep a ledger of, of wrongs that people have done to me in my life? Sometimes we do that. We have to let the smelly part of the pelicano, that lesson, maybe, and maybe that's, I like to have triggers in my, in my things that will trigger something in my mind. And the word pelicano, I've kind of, it's in wet cement right now, but it's, it's drying up so that when, when these things happen, I'm going to remember the pelicano, remember the Alamo, remember the Maine, the War of 18, uh, Spanish-American War in 1896. Uh, remember the pelicano. You know how we've got the 747 principle. I don't think anybody's going to look back a year from now and go, what was that again? <laughs> Luke 747, we know it. Well, maybe we've got to remember the Pelicano to keep that smelly stuff out of our mind. Awesome. Kind of a reverse application maybe of the ledger idea is I think sometimes we can keep a ledger of all the good things that we do. It's not necessarily always keeping track of maybe something negative that was done maybe to us, but in an opposite way to kind of maybe elevate ourselves by comparison. So 
No, no, that, 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 that's true. What did Paul say about the things that he's done good in the past? Forget them and what he had to give up and count it as rubbish. I forget the things that are in the past. I press on toward the mark of the high calling in Christ. And that point F under number six. Remember, just because the trash is on the dock doesn't mean that you have to stop and pick it up. There's trash on the dock. We live in a trashy society in a, in a lot of ways. We don't have to live in it. We don't have to stop and pick it up. Do you have to work in it? Sometimes. Sometimes. We're, we, we can work in the world, but we don't have to be off the world, right? I think you have to be careful who you hang around with, who you make your friends. Um, the majority of my friends are people in the church. I don't have a lot of friends outside the church. And so I think by doing that, I don't have to worry too much about who does what to me because they're church people. And even though they're not perfect, they'll be the first people that if they do something wrong, they're going to ask for forgiveness. So I don't have to worry about keeping track. And the same as me. If I don't realize I've done something wrong, hopefully they'll tell me so I can ask for forgiveness. Okay, that's good. So I think that's important too, that you be careful. Because if you hang around trashy people, you'll become like them. They'll rub off on you. More than likely, that's, that, 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 that happens. And I suspect some of our lives, we've probably done that. And we paid for it for a while. Teresa? Uh, in today's vernacular, you might call it drama. Don't invite drama. Yeah. Don't we have enough drama already? Yeah, exactly. Don't invite it to you. <laughs> All you young people, newly married people, you don't need drama in your life. you got enough already with your work and all these other things. Um, it, yeah, yeah. There's just no room for yelling and screaming and drama in your life. They're, they're just not. It, it, it can just, you become, you start smelling like the Pelicano. Now, do you think if the, Mike, I'm sorry. Just a thought. There's a little saying that says, um, drama doesn't walk into your life. You either invite it, create it, or associate with it. Okay. You just, it's up to you to, to bow out of it. Yeah. It's on the dock. It's on the dock. It's on the dock. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> Point G says, change the cargo and you can change the ship. Now, in this case, what's our cargo? Do you think the Pelicano, if it had been a load of roses? <laughs> we got a load of flowers here. We picked them up in Philadelphia out of a flight. They're beautiful. Can we drop them off and... Sarasota, Florida, wherever. It, it, it went to Florida. In fact, the last they heard of the ship, it was in Florida. They don't know what happened to the ship. They, they think it's probably just cut up into scrap. They really don't know what happened to the Pelican. But if you had, what if you had a load of perfume? Or you had flowers? I don't think you'd have any trouble, people, probably taking that. Uh, so change the cargo, you change the ship. Change what you think, and you can change the way you act and what you think, and what you feel. 
Good point. Now, how does the 747 principle come into play here? Okay. Don't keep records. You don't think evil. You don't have ledgers. You don't have balance sheets where everybody got a balance. We already pointed out the Lord balanced all that. Um, what's the 747 principle say in your own words? Think about it. 747. When you realize how much trash that Jesus has taken from my boat, it's, uh, well, I think we're going to be a little more open to taking other people's trash when they need when they need the gospel as well. That's good. Anybody else have tweaked that a little bit? But that, that, you're right. You're right, John. Not keeping records, so I guess realize that. The records that haven't been kept on us by the Lord, then it, maybe it's easier for us to. That's the flip side of the principle, but, but we obviously haven't. If we have a problem in records with others, then we obviously we have to realize that records that have not been the substantial records that haven't been kept on us. That's right. And our records are bigger. Our past records are bigger than anything anybody's going to do to us. Yeah. Uh, so another hand, Rebecca. They're the same thing happened. Oh, okay. All right. Um, under number seven on page twenty-five, uh, Roman new, or letter B, does God's downpour of grace on us come into play here? And I, I think we've answered that. It's almost a rhetorical question, but when we consider how much grace, mercy, lack of record keeping, the, the love, all the things that He's done, it'll make it easier for us in all these areas to deal with other people. Bruce, and then Jane. Yeah, um, I was thinking to myself, when we see ourselves keeping a ledger of what other people have done to us in the past, maybe he also add to that ledger what God has blessed with us in this life, and um, maybe that will cancel out the bad thoughts. Okay. No, I, I think that's a good way to say it. Oh, I'm sorry, Jan. Oh, it just made me think of a scripture in First Peter that says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's so true. That's a, that's a good scripture. I didn't have that in my notes, but that's a good one. In fact, um, Brock, would you write that down? I don't have a pen with Jan. What was that one more time? First Peter one thirteen. One thirteen. I'll put it in my notes when I get home. Sometimes we we think of God as or of the world. Sometimes that He has that great ledger in the sky. He's got the visor, got the, you know, like an accountant, got his sleeves with a little thing there, and uh, he's got the calculator and he's writing it all down. Let's say, okay, oh Kimberly, I saw that. Let's see here. Emily Myers, let me get over. Okay. Puts that down. He doesn't do that. First Peter, chapter, first, I'm sorry, first John, uh, chapters one and two. I don't have the verse right off the top of my head, but one, 18, I think. But he, he says that if we continually ask for forgiveness, 
He'll continually, continually, underline that word, forgive us. Because he said, and then he goes on to say, if you say you don't sin, his words, not mine, you're a liar. We, so we're going to sin. We try to minimize it the best we can. But he said, if, 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 you, if you walk in the light, he is in the light. His blood does continually uh, forgive us of our sins. It's, it's a process. And, and that's why I think you, sometimes you have people say, well, uh, I hope I, oh, I messed up uh, five minutes ago. I'm out, of the, I'm out of the club again. It doesn't work that way. Well, his ledger, he, he'd have to have a, or an eraser the size of Texas. Well, he's back in the club. Watch it there, big boy. Oh, take his name out again. That's not the picture the Bible paints. He continually forgives us if we continually repent. I just, just something that came to thought right now, looking at your point eight. It's just, if we make a list of all the things God has forgiven us for, how can we justify making a list of things that the people do to us to not forgive? That might be a good exercise. Just one day you're sitting meditating or you're in your easy chair or something and, you, and you, you get a ledger and you start listing all the things that you have done that He's forgiven you of. And then on the other side of the T account we have the few things that people have crossed us with. I think it might help us with our mental <clears throat> acuity that we don't try to that we don't do that. Um, seven, Luke seven forty seven. This might be too big of a question. Oh. But, um, what happens if you sin and then die before you have a chance to ask for forgiveness? It's a way of life. Uh, people say that you know well. You've lived uh, 70 years, and then you, 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 you ran a traffic light, which is breaking the law, and you were killed. The Lord knows our way of life. If we, if we have a way of life of, of sin, if we have a way of life of righteousness, He understands all of that. I, I, that's that back to that great ledger in the sky again. His grace and mercy takes care of that stuff. I, I really believe that, uh, uh, Chad. But it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a valid question. And the Lord knows how to save the righteous, and it's explicit on that. He does. And what, the Roman letter it said, uh, if your heart condemns you, what, what, what is it going to the rest of that? God is greater than your heart. There's a lot of comfort in that. God is greater than your heart. Chad? My, the point I really wanted to make was... Oh, no. Now I just went away. <laughs> Dude, you're not that old. I, I feel that old. For that to be happening. Man, that's scary, Chad. Now, if you get as old as Paul, you're going to start doing those kinds of things. But, uh, <laughs> or Mitch. <laughs> Did Jesus ever find, in this case it happened to be a woman, but there were men were full of Did he ever find a woman full of trash? The Pelicano. Uh, uh, smelly, if you will. Where, where, where was that woman? John 1. Remember? John 4. The woman at the well. 
Remember? <laughs> yes, for sure. Yep, yep. He found that's true. Um, uh, he asked, number one, think about this. Did men speak to women in those days? Generally, did not. Did Jews speak to Samaritans? Generally, did not. Um, did um, uh, people that were divorced, I, I, I imagine they were kind of pariahs of, the, of society as well. Um, women who, and Jesus knew this, he said, could you bring your husband? Talk, talk, well, I don't have a husband. He said, you said that right. You had five husbands. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. So he knew a Samaritan, a woman, an adulteress, adulteress. Um, but he still talked to her, did he not? He was concerned about her soul. She was the Pelicano. Um, he found her full of trash. He left her full of grace. That's heavy. It's heavy stuff. <clears throat> Can we do that? We should. Not easy. Not easy. And I just I read this somewhere in the in my your captain. Now who's our captain? The captain of our soul, the captain of our ship. Jesus has better plans for your vessel, for your ship. He has better plans for your ship. And we cannot um, fill it full of trash. Now that's, that's, that's easy said, easily said. What are some, now we touched on a few who, who we associate with. Are there other, um, uh, other things we can do, <clears throat> tips, clues, that maybe where we can do a little better without bringing this the Pelicano into our life? Well, what can we do, Lisa and then Rebecca? The garbage and garbage out is so important because what we listen to, what we watch, I mean, the friends you're around, their influence on you, but what they're saying, I mean, but television, radio, anything that you're allowing in repeatedly, it's it's landing in there. It is. So I need a home. And if it stays very long, it'll take root. Yeah. Rebecca? So I have kind of a little silly story to preface this. Uh, when I was in high school, there was a Students in Government Day and they took a handful of us on a big field trip around the city of Prescott Valley and we went to the city hall and we discussed things with people who worked there and one of the stops was to the waste management <laughs> and so we loaded off that bus and we went wandering around the sewage treatment plant for an hour and let me tell you when we got back on that bus we all reeked like sewage. And I had to wash my hair three times before no. it no longer smelled like raw sewage. So the point is, you don't, you don't even have to get in there and be working with the people who are there around that stuff and surrounding themselves by it. Just the proximity, just dabbling your toes in a little bit and you're going to get that stench on you anyway. That's true. You don't have to jump in totally, do you? It's, yeah, that's true. The things, I mean, Viewing things from a distance still has its effect. 
Great point. Oh, Jane. The bad thing is sometimes you don't even realize it. And that's when it's really bad. It is, isn't it? You don't realize that it's changing you. The, the duck in the water, remember that old duck uh, example where they... Uh, was it a frog? <laughs> Some water amphibian, I don't know, whatever you call it. Yeah, and you just slowly turn, that, that frog, they say, will, it, will, will stay in there because it's just slowly, slowly, slowly until, he's, until he falls to death. It's that, because he doesn't notice the subtle changes. And sometimes our TVs can be like that, our... Facebook, or you know, all these things. We have to be real careful with that stuff. You really do, Chad. And we'll yeah. uh, gossip. Uh, gossip. Gossip yep. on the way out and on the way in is, is even more destructive than just television because it's local. Yeah, that's true. I do want to close with this, James one and verse five, because uh, with our our class times are shrinking, we're going to, uh, we're going to start with lesson nine on Sunday. Uh, James one and verse five, just real quick. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all uh, liberally and, and, now notice this, and without reproach. Very important little phrase there. And it will be given to him. The word reproach there means to be cast back into the teeth of. We approach God, we ask a lot of things. He doesn't cast it back into our teeth. You already asked that once. Or you already asked that ten times. He accepts it. Uh, you know, I've used this before. And maybe one of the kids would say, yeah, Dad, you got a 20. They didn't do that too much, but occasionally. And if you're not careful, you say, well, didn't I give you 20 last week? That's casting it back into the teeth of. Your voice comes through the teeth. and it, God, James says, God doesn't do that. But we ask, we ask, we ask. And He accepts, accepts, accepts. He doesn't go back at you and say, now Lisa, that's about it now. That's twice. He doesn't have that ledger. Let me see here. That, you know, that's three times for you. You're on probation. How many times do we forgive people? Up to what? Seventy times seven. It's an infinite number. That's a quality of God. He doesn't cast it back into our teeth. I love that without reproach, without ledger keeping, without bookkeeping, He doesn't do that. If we honestly repent in our hearts, 70 times 7, what will He honestly do? He'll forgive you every single time. That's, that's a beautiful thought. So can we? Can we? We should. We should. That's what that thinks no evil, does not keep records. That's what that means. I've read that up. 500 times, 1,000 times. I never really thinks no evil. Okay, i got to make sure I don't think any evil. Well, much deeper than that. Much bigger than that. Perfect. We better go or they're going to come get me.